I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to All Things Policy. I'm Manoj Keval Ramani, and today I have with me my colleagues Aditya Ramanathan and Aditya Parekh, and we are going to be talking about the controversy that was at the top of the Indian news cycle uh, a couple of days ago, and it ran for about 24 hours at the top of the Indian news cycle. And we want to sort of try and see whether there was any merit in any of this controversy. What I'm talking about is the uh, U.S. Freedom of Navigation operation, which was carried out uh, in the Indian exclusive economic zone of the islands of Lakshadweep. Um, there was, like I said, a lot of furor in the media. Um, this all started with a report in the Diplomat, from the way I understand it, uh, and a statement put out by the U.S. Navy, which talked about the freedom of navigation operation. And then all hell broke loose on Twitter. If you follow any of this stuff. So we want to try and unpack this and try and just look at what exactly happened, but also what the law says, where does each country stand, are the sort of claims by both countries, the US and India, uh, based in law, does it even merit a conversation of this nature, and does any of this stuff have an impact on the broader bilateral relationship, or should it, uh, apart from, like I said, the media noise. So let me begin with you, Aditya Parikh, okay? Can you just give me a bit of a background of what exactly happened, uh, why was this so controversial? Uh, it's great to be here, Manoj. And as I understand it, the uh, whole situation was just a lot of uh, media uh, mongering and a lot of uh, controversy on social media alone. And these uh, freedom of navigation uh, operations are something that the US undertakes against a lot of countries, including its treaty allies, even uh, security treaty allies like Japan, South Korea, and even allies uh, against its adversaries, say, uh, People's Republic of China, Vietnam. So it's not really something that, to, uh, as was portrayed in the initial hours of the story uh, being broken, that uh, India was somehow singled out or a statement was put out that was very hostile to India. Because, you know, when you look at the actual uh, wording of the statement, it's not very different from what US issues after conducting these phone ops against these allied countries. Of its, uh, and uh, even the uh, boilerplate line uh, remained the same, that FONOPs aren't aimed at any one country in particular, but are uh, rather supposed to be about a principle. Okay, so the US says that we are sort of enforcing this principle of what I assume is uh, freedom of navigation across open seas, yet it's entering India's EEZ, and this is essentially a military FONOP, right, because it's a warship that's passing through. So what exactly is the implication of entering another country's EEZ? I mean, shouldn't you be asking for permission when you do that? Uh, well, uh, as far as the EEZ is concerned, there's no such provision under the United Nations Convention for Law of the Sea, uh, which uh, India is party to. It has ratified, uh, but the US hasn't. So according to UNCLOS, if you take that as the benchmark for international law uh, in terms of uh, what the rules of the road are, what's the standard protocol for navies are supposed to be. So I, I don't see any provision there that says that uh, when entering an EEZ, you have to give 
prior notice to a country who's easy or entering uh, and uh, honestly india uh, makes this uh, uh, demand uh, kind of out of the purview of uh, international law and even the letter of the law in its own domestic uh, maritime uh, zones of india act 1976 so it's honestly kind of beyond what we have uh, written down but let me say that to uh, india did to voice some reservations when uh, it was uh, signing unclos in 1982 at the time uh, india did bring up this issue but uh, you won't find any other reference to uh, there being a notification from the government of india say for uh, amendment to the uh, maritime zones of uh, india act uh, which clearly states that uh, a country should be notifying india in advance the only exception being in unclos is about to a uh, hydrography survey so that kind of an activity is very explicitly banned in unclos without permission from the uh, state uh, the coastal state in uh, in whose easy the activity is taking place so that is the one exception but for innocent passage for uh, transiting you just don't need to tell the state who's easy or uh, transversing through so even under indian law we're not really saying that this information needs to be that you need to take some sort of prior approval if not approval you need to at least inform all right that is, if i'm getting that right that indian law also does not require that yeah yeah a letter of the law doesn't but government of india's position which you, it to expresses in uh, like recently the mea press release explicitly says that our position is this so except for that and the 1982 uh, reservations that were expressed during the unclos uh, signing except for that you won't find anywhere that uh, there's a mention for oh fascinating so uh, aditya i want to come to you now so in that case you know uh, if the chinese were to ever carry out a freedom of navigation operation there would be nothing from the from a legal point of view that india could say that look you shouldn't be doing this uh, and likewise uh, you know anybody else so should we be looking at sort of clarifying that in our legislation if this is going to be if the indo pacific and the indian ocean is going to be a much more hotly contested area aditya uh yeah we could do that uh, and it would certainly uh, help us uh, clarify our position on on these uh, particular passages like around the lakshadweep you know the thing over here is that india's objection is fundamentally not legal not le- based uh, on legality like uh, aditya parik very perfectly summarized the us is not actually violating international law it is violating an indian legal provision that doesn't necessarily have uh, legal standing in in the international arena the problem of course is that uh, like you pointed out manoj uh, this is put there has has the potential to set uh, a normative precedent right so the country that i think that most obviously might like to test this is is not even china it's pakistan uh, the pakistani navy is right there and uh, so if if pakistan were to try something like this and india were to block a pakistani ship what would india stand be on uh, say foreign ops that the united states conducts in the south china sea this is by the way one of the reasons why uh, a lot of indian diplomats veteran diplomats have been like quite wary about the whole idea of freedom of navigation and uh, american foreign ops especially in the way they are conducted in the south china sea so while we have some strategic convergence with the americans obviously on the you know details of the legalities here uh, in there is a difference between the us position and the indian position uh, now one thing that indians would of course say is that there has always been this ambiguity in on clause about you know 
there's a little island uh, or a, a, a rocky outcrop, a sandbar. Uh, how much does it constitute a feature, and how far you can can you draw an EEZ from that? And now that is, of course, China's contention in the South China Sea is that, well, you know, these little uh, features in the sea are islands and we can uh, claim an EEZ around this. And, uh, you know, China has been reclaiming land, building airstrips and so on in some of these features. Uh, So uh, what an Indian might say is that, well, what China is doing is very different. Uh, You know, nobody's contesting India's sovereignty over the Lakshadweep Islands, for example. Uh, On the other hand, uh, these uh, rocky features in the South China Sea are contested. So India could make that claim uh, specifically. But uh, how, as far as what this means for India, I think it does potentially put India in a difficult position because tomorrow, like you said, Pakistan or China are perfectly within their rights to come and test uh, India's uh, forbearance, uh, you know, when a foreign warship enters its EZ. Yeah, I think this is really fascinating, right? I mean, one of the sort of interesting things about, and it's something that even I found out once this happened, was that, and this was coming from a lot of commentators from the US, who were talking about the fact that, look, this is something that the US has been doing regularly, it's routine, uh, it's been doing it for the last decade or so. It was a strange choice, obviously, for a statement to be put out this time around, or I'm not even sure if a statement is put out every time around, and we don't pay attention to it. But at least from what I understood from the you know, bits and pieces of the debate that I followed, that there was a statement put out which ruffled feathers and there was a report that was then done which also ruffled feathers. But the idea that you would talk about this is what sort of created this bad taste in the mouth in the media and on social media in India. Because if you had not spoken about it and if you were doing this every year, year in, year out for the last decade or so, it wasn't really a big deal. So why talk about it? So that was the first thing because that's when you start then entering this conversation publicly, irrespective of whether the US would have spoken about it or not, uh, Pakistan and China would have been would have known that these phone ops happened. So if they at any point in time wanted to do their own, they could have done their own anyway. But now it's a matter of public. Well, that's the first thing. And the second thing is I want to sort of talk about that sentiment that this all gave rise to, right? There were two parts of the sentiment. The first is that, uh, well, who gives the US the right to do this? Uh, and is this what uh, rules-based order would mean? Because we are sort of in some ways, linking with the U.S. on that in this Indo-Pacific strategy, would it mean a rules-based order which is, you know, predicated on U.S. interests? And the second thing would be, you know, why would you do this to us right now, particularly when we are working with you on China in the context of the Quad? I mean, those are the two sort of really sensitive emotional arguments that were there on Twitter. The first one sort of makes sense to me as a broader analytical discussion. The second one is obviously, like I said. It's a bit of a, you know, third feeling sort of argument, right? We are now your partners, why are you doing this to us? So I wanted to first sort of try and take take both of them a little bit. So Parikh, I'll start with you. Well, I believe that uh, India has this uh, concept of honor and uh, China has this concept of face. And the US has this concept of, uh, for the lack of a better expression, being world police, uh, being the cop that uh, enforces uh, a rule space to international order. So I think the historical baggage that that has been uh, discussed to death, I mean, on social media and in commentaries around this issue, uh, about the 1971 sailing of the USS Enterprise and the Seventh Fleet in the Bay of Bengal, that uh, baggage is being kind of sort of connected to uh, this statement and this instance of a phone op. So I, I think 
a lot of the outrage came from there and uh, uh, this doesn't really in my opinion it doesn't really have much of an impact on uh, the kind of progress that the court has made which in also in my opinion is uh, uh, too little too late and uh, uh, honestly i don't see this degrading uh, us india relations further or at all rather so that's my view all right uh, aditya uh, your thoughts on firstly the idea of you know is this rules based international order that we've been talking about for at least the past couple of years now is this an order that is predicated on american power or is it going to be something that's going to be much more of a shared vision between these different so called like minded countries manoj uh, uh, if we were to do even the most cursory examination of american diplomatic history since the first world war i do not know of uh, an instance where americans have tried to create a more expansive system uh, that is not predicated on their interests so <laughs> that, that that's i mean to, the short answer to that is uh, any rules based international order will be based on rules that americans set but don't necessarily follow themselves the question for a country like india is simply when uh, you know are those rules better than say rules that other countries might set for example china and as of now india's made the judgment i think quite rightly that uh, it's easier to deal with the americans than to deal with the chinese as far as uh, why the americans would do this i'm completely at loss uh, this is one of those cases of seems like one of those cases of extreme stupidity that you do as sometimes associate uh, you know, with americans uh, you know where they do something where are apparently completely unaware of the historical baggage that might accompany it are apparently not thinking strategically i mean a phone op cannot be conducted without any strategic content right uh, if it is if if you do were to do so and if this was purely a legal issue you would assume that the united states would have already ratified unclos which it hasn't so <laughs> i'm really yeah. at loss as to how, you know how the americans can make a purely legalistic argument for conducting a phone op so i want to sort of get alte uh, parik i want to get your thoughts on do you think it's uh, i mean the americans ratifying antros now they've been talking about antros for you know with regard to the chinese now for a very long time you know in the context of the south china sea and thereafter what sort of stops the us from actually ratifying this uh, agreement right because they've signed it but they've not ratified it and what stops them from and why do you think they should be it's time that you know this biden administration with a majority in congress should be trying to push this Well I think uh, the US has been kind of putting this off since the 80s back in the Reagan era there uh, there was at least this admission by uh, president Reagan that it to uh, the most of the uh, provisions in the convention uh, that were being signed and the US has signed it but not ratified it uh, through its legislature so it's uh, as far as i understand on various occasions the US senate has blocked the uh, resolution from passing so uh, i think uh, the current us administration would be pretty much in line on uh, accepting uh, this recommendation uh, from various policy makers around the world and some of its own functionaries that they ratify unclos uh, but uh, back in the 80s even there was a clear indication that the us and uh, the then administration and uh, most of the subsequent uh, administrations have agreed that most of the provisions in the uh, convention are what is customary international law as things are so uh, i think uh, it fits very well with the, uh, the world view that the us has so it's not going to be an issue going forward as far as i you know predict 
my opinion is uh, we can very well see uh, unclos uh, getting ratified in say probably this administration or if uh, uh, the next maybe i think you'd be a very very uh, brave man to predict uh, the next us administration given that we've seen a donald trump presidency <laughs> so yeah. i think you'd be a very brave man to do that but uh, anything more to add guys yeah i will just add that uh, for example in back in 2019 uh the americans were seriously considering uh, conducting freedom of navigation operations in both the northern sea route and the northwest passage northwest these are in the arctic the northwest passage runs along canadian waters and the northern sea route along russian waters and americans technically consider both of these to be international waters uh so what eventually happened was that they didn't do that because you know they tried the northern sea route the, the russians would have simply stopped them and there there is already a private uh, 1988 agreement between the canadians and the americans in which the americans basically uh, coyly agreed to ask the canadians for permission before they use the northwest passage the question i guess is why the united states treats other countries differently why it doesn't have private agreements of this sort with other countries that are friendly to it it's easy for other countries to interpret this as a signal simply because of the uh, scale of american power and uh, even if the united states chooses not to enter into such private agreements with other countries thinks it's not worth it or is not in its own interest that's fine uh, but the us will have to uh, think about you know the consequences of conducting such a phone off yeah i mean fascinating that you know uh, this all started in a manner i mean and i think we are in sort of agreement about this that this was a bit of a storm in a teacup but it still led to some interesting sort of uh, you know offshoots one about whether the whether it's time for the us to actually ratify unclos uh, so that at least this criticism of it stops and it sort of acts in accordance it has been acting in accordance but this criticism stops about the us uh, imposing freedom of navigation operations on others while still not ratifying ratifying unclos and at the same time making this public and having a public conversation about this created this uh, you know now it's now there's going to be much more pressure on india in case if a pakistani vessel or a chinese vessel were to carry out a freedom of navigation operation in in an indian ez uh, and thirdly i think there is uh, something about a divergence in the indian legislation which uh, requires for information or at least requests that states inform it uh, whereas unclos doesn't require that and again that sort of lack of uh, you know congress between those two can create uh, ambiguity and all of these sort of interesting issues which have gotten lost in the last uh, you know 48 to 72 hours of screaming and shouting and you know reviving the non aligned lobby in india <laughs> to say that we need to not be looking at the us as a partner um but yeah thank you so much guys thank you hey, so much uh, can i just add one thing sorry yeah yeah go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I, yeah just before you end one more just just for perspective building on what pari can you have said even as this american phone op was going on there was an exercise french led exercise that involved the quad countries including india in the bay of bengal so you know just just as a matter of perspective the cooperation between these countries is actually going fine and you know this silly phone op by the americans is really not going to affect things absolutely absolutely and with that i think we're going to call it great thank you so much aditya parikh and aditya ramanathan this has been a fascinating conversation folks for more such conversations do tune into all things policy Thank you. The Takshashila Institution is an independent, non-partisan think tank and a school of public policy. We have education programs lasting one semester and one year that are tailored specifically for people like you. They are all online and you can take them from anywhere. Admissions are now open for our 12-week graduate certificate program in public policy, 
डिफेंस एंड फॉरन अफेयर्स टेक्नोलॉजी पॉलिसी एंड हेल्थ एंड लाइफ साइंसेस विजिट तक्षशिला डॉट ओ आर जी डॉट इन स्लैश कोर्सेज टू फाइंड आउट मोर इफ यू लाइक आर शो डोंट फर्गेट टू चेक आउट अदर इंटरेस्टिंग पॉडकास्ट ऑन द आई वी एम नेटवर्क यू कैन ट्यून इन टू दम ऑन द आई वी एम पॉडकास्ट एप आई वी एम पॉडकास्ट डॉट कॉम और वेर एवर यू लिसन टू योर पॉडकास्ट यू कैन ऑल्सो फॉलो आई वी एम ऑन सोशल मीडिया द हैंडल इज एट आई वी एम पॉडकास्ट ऑन ट्विटर फेसबुक एंड इंस्टाग्राम एंड हे इफ यू लाइक टू डाइव इन टू तक्षशिलाज रिसर्च ऑन टेक्नोलॉजी स्ट्रैटेजी Check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in.